Well, we're in week three of a series where we are learning how to make a difference in somebody else's life. How, uh, how are your New Year's resolutions going? Everybody succeeding in all those? Yeah? <laughs> well, we decided that it would be better for us if instead of focusing on us at the beginning of the year, we said, what if we figured out how to make a difference in somebody else's life? That's how we started off 2019. And so each week we've been learning a different way to be a minister, a person who meets a need. Now, if you were here three weeks ago, two weeks ago, we commissioned you, if you're a follower of Jesus, as a minister of Jesus to the world that you live in. You're a person who is sent by God to meet the needs of the people in your life. I don't know if you understand or feel that calling on your life, but that's the calling that's on your life if you're a follower of Jesus. And so we're going to learn uh, another tool this morning. I'm going to invite you to stand with me if you would. We're going to look at a passage of scripture. I'm going to read you just a a section of this story, one of my favorites from the Old Testament. It's in the book of 2 Samuel. And then it's it's the context of this. You're going to go, what in the world is behind all this? We're going to talk about all that it means. So here we go. I'm going to read it aloud. It'll be on the screen. Uh, The proposal seemed good to Absalom, who was at that time the king of Israel, and all the elders of Israel. And then Absalom said, Summon Hushiah, the archite, as well. If you're looking for a boy name for your son, there you go. And let us hear what he, too, has to say. So Hushiah came to Absalom, who told him, Ahithophel, another option for a child, has spoken this proposal. Should we carry it out? If not, what do you say? Hushiah replied, this time, read those two words, the advice The advice of Hithophel is not sound. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. I want to talk to you today about how you can become a person who routinely gives other people good advice. If you're a minister and you learn to listen to people, if you're a minister and you learn to be the kind of person that people feel welcome around, What's going to happen is they're going to say to you at some point, hey, here's this situation in my life. I don't know what to do. What do I do? And you're going to have to be the kind of person that is able to give them good advice. Now, uh, the reason we all know that good advice is important is, is for the times that we've ever gotten bad advice. I was probably in the fourth or the fifth grade. My dad was pastoring a church, and the the church uh, was moving locations from one place to another, and so temporarily we were meeting in a storefront and uh, in this kind of strip mall, and we were in the storefront, and right to the side was a 7-Eleven. And my friend, uh, I'll call him Todd, um, uh, said to me, in same age as I am, he said, gave me some bad advice. He said, <laughs> let's go over to 7-Eleven and look around. Now, I don't know if you've been in a 7-Eleven before. <laughs> There's not a lot to see in a 7-Eleven. Uh, and I somehow knew that that was not good advice. And sure enough, uh, I, just, I said, you know what, I, I think I'm going to stay here. I think I'm, I'm good. And sure enough, my friend Todd went over, and he uh, looked around, and not too long later, a police officer brought him back to the place and said, is this your son? We caught him helping himself to something off of a shelf in 7-Eleven. Bad, 
bad advice. You could tell a story if you had the time to, uh, about, you, about a time that you were given bad advice. I posted on Facebook last night, I said, hey, tell me the worst advice that you've ever been given and some things I can't really repeat here. Um, <laughs> but, but it was all kinds of things from, you know, I was searching for myself and uh, I had a counselor tell me that I should get a divorce and go find myself and it ruined my life for 15 years. Um, all the way to, hey, uh, you want to you wanna go to college and you can't afford it? Take out a, a $150,000 loan. It, it should be fine. No big deal, right? Bad advice. Our county, maybe you don't know this, our county um, won this statistic. This is not a statistic that you want to be the winner of, but in, our, um, in, in the United States, we won for uh, the issue of heroin in America. One of the reasons that's the reality is there's someone out there looking for something and they say, hey, I want to feel better. What do I do? And someone gives them the advice. Here, take this. Bad advice. Uh, In Indiana, the divorce rate is the fifth highest in the country. And, And one of the reasons that's the case is because when somebody gets at odds with their spouse... And they say, I'm just not happy, and I don't really like this person. I'm not really sure I love them. Someone, thinking that they were giving them good advice, said, you know what? You should just be happy. That's the goal of life, and you should leave that jerk. Bad advice. Uh, Many of us make the mistake of thinking, you know, because we give advice, especially if you're a dad, if we give advice, that makes it good. <laughs> Dads think that everything that we say, we're right, right? <laughs> like, here's advice. It must be good because I gave it to you. And that's not the case just because you gave advice. Uh, it's hard because on social media, what we're, what we're taught, what we're being trained to do as an entire generation and culture is to share our input without any thought. And, and it, it is often very bad advice. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to pause and see if we can figure out what it is that differentiates good advice from bad. And um, I want you to be a person who gives good advice, but that's going to require something from you. And I want to call you to that change, to that transformation in your life today. Um, so this story in 2 Samuel 16, if you have your sermon notes, I think it says on there 1 Samuel 16, that is my fault. I get a pastoral deduction for putting the wrong scripture reference in the notes. It's 2 Samuel, uh, found in sec- the chapters of 2 Samuel um, chapter 16 and 17, and we read just a little snippet in chapter 17. It's one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament, and it highlights uh, both the importance of good advice and how confusing it can be to try and give good advice. It's, it's very confusing. How do I know um, what's the right thing to help someone with? Um, the, the backstory here is that David, who is the king in Israel, and his son Absalom, if you're here a few weeks ago, we talked about their relationship and, and the tragedy that came out of that. And Absalom has driven David away. David has fled. And um, both David and Absalom had this counselor who uh, the scriptures say his counsel was like someone who inquires of God. In other words, he he was the most trusted person in the country. It would have been like James Baker was to to George Herbert Walker Bush, if you watched the the Bush funeral a few weeks ago. And 
he was the most trusted advisor in the country. When, uh, when Ahithophel was his name, when he spoke, everyone listened. And uh, Ahithophel decided to stay with Absalom, the son of David, who was trying to usurp the throne. And David sent his other advisor, Hushai, uh, to go to Absalom and say, listen, I, what I want you to do is I want you to tell him that you've left me and you're going with him and, and he'll listen to you and I want you to try and confuse things. And, and what ensued was bad advice, intentionally sown, but it just points out that bad advice never helps anybody. And what happened as a result of that is Ahithophel, when his advice was not taken, because he lived in an honor and shame culture, when you were shamed, you would take your life. There's still honor shame cultures, Muslim cultures and um, Asian cultures are honor shame cultures. And he went out and he hung himself uh, as a result of bad advice. Absalom ruins what his father built, the entire nation of Israel, out of his pride because of bad advice. The people under Absalom's rule suffer oppression and, ang- and misery as a result of ba- bad advice. Absalom's life ends in death as a result of bad advice. There's, there's a consequence to giving bad advice. Now, let's, let's pause and make sure we understand what bad advice is. And I'll, I'll tell you what good advice is, uh, at least I think it is, in, in a minute. But I'm pretty sure that bad advice is these three things in any combination. Put them, just mix them together and pick one of them, take all three of them, take two of them. Any combination, this is bad advice. And if you've got blanks there and you want to fill it in, um, bad advice is the wrong words or the wrong time or the wrong way. Wrong words, wrong time, wrong way. Any combination of those. You give that to a person, you've just given them bad advice. Uh, So your words can be wrong, your words could be hurtful, or your words could be poorly chosen. Someone needs someone to really listen to them and you give them a pat answer. Or maybe you give someone, uh, this is what I think you ought to do, but it's really based out of your own fear and your own bad experience you haven't really reflected on. Oh no, don't do that, don't do that, you need to do this, and you're, you're talking out of your fear. Or uh, someone didn't ask for your words. Often we think that because someone presents a problem to us that we need to step in with our nugget of gold and fix their problem for them. And they didn't ask for that, frankly. And uh, it becomes wrong words to them. They reject us because of the words that we're saying. Or it's the wrong time. Uh, We don't read the emotional situation right. Maybe they're sad and you think, well, they're sad, so I need to come in and tell them to be happy. And, and you come in happy and they just need someone to sit with them and listen to them and you give them bad advice. Or maybe they're not ready to hear what you have to say. Um, have, have you ever had someone come to you when you're just not ready to hear something yet and you, you know that what they're telling you is right, but you go, you're a jerk for saying that right now. <laughs> do, do you know what I'm talking about? You might be right sometimes when you say something, but they aren't ready. Or it's the wrong way. You have the wrong tone, or you're kind of flippant, or you're trying to sound intelligent or wise or smart, or you come across as condescending. Any combination, that's why it's or, you know, any combination of those things uh, constitutes 
bad advice. Now, this, this story of Absalom and Hushai and Ahithophel uh, also illustrates how confusing it can be to give someone good advice because life is complex and we don't always know what to say to uh, sort out someone's confusion. And so often our motives are unclear and what's happening is unclear and what's important is unclear. Um, so much is unclear and we don't even know who to listen to. And so it's just, it's hard. It's hard to give someone good advice. Now, um, good advice is the opposite of those things, and, and you, you need all three of these things. If you're going to give good advice, you can't be either or. You have to do all three of these things, or it doesn't constitute good advice. And good advice is the right words at the right time in the right way. Right, bad advice is all those things that are wrong. The good advice is the right words at the right time in the right way. And when all of those things come together, you've just given someone good advice. Now, we're going to look some at the book of Proverbs, what the book of Proverbs says about how we speak to each other. And this is a couple of my favorite Proverbs about that. Uh, Proverbs 15.3 says, A person finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word. Have you ever been in a situation where you're trying to make a decision and someone steps in and they say just the right thing and you go, I never thought of that before. Just at the right time. And it's so enjoyable when someone gives you good advice. It's like the air clears up and the sky is blue and the path opens up. And it also feels good to give good advice because what happens is you become a party to somebody's healing. And so you say the right word at the right time in the right way. Proverbs 25.11 says, timely advice is lovely. It's like golden apples in a silver basket. When someone gives good advice to you, it's so pleasing that you'd almost just want to look at it and go wow that's great that's that's great advice now the reason that we we struggle with this is because what the book of proverbs says is that we're often not what the book of proverbs calls wise turn to your neighbor and say i'm gonna learn to be wise today i'm gonna learn to be wise today what what i have found is that the wiser you become, the better advice you give. So let me give you at least three characteristics of a person who is wise, according to the book of Proverbs. And you, we can, we can kind of make an assessment of our life and see, are we wise or are we not? So here's, here's the first uh, reality of a person who is wise. Uh, the person who is wise makes good decisions. Let me give you a couple Proverbs uh, from the book of Proverbs uh, about this. Uh, first one is Proverbs 10, 16. The wages of the righteous is life. In other words, um, when they make decisions, life results. They make good decisions. Good things happen when they make good decisions. Proverbs eleven three says, the integrity of the upright guides them. You know, like, because they're wise people, their wisdom, it got, when they don't know what to do, they, they kind of know this is the way that I need to go to make this decision. So they make good decisions. Second thing, and this is, uh, this, is, this is probably the point where we struggle the most as a culture, is a wise person has a moral compass. Meaning, they understand that no matter what people around them say, that there is a right and there is a wrong. There is a good and there is a bad. There is a path you can choose that leads you to life, and there is a path you can choose no matter how many people approve of it that can lead you to death. 
And they say, you know what? I want to be on the path that leads me, leads me to what is good. And so they have, a, they have a moral compass that points them in the direction of what is good. Proverbs 10.9 says, whoever walks in integrity, in other words, they have a, a sense of what is right and what is wrong, walks, what's the word? Securely, right? The person who doesn't have a moral compass is insecure. Oh my gosh, they're going to find me out. I just lied. And then uh, Proverbs 11.5, the righteousness of the blameless makes their paths, what's the word? Straight. The opposite of that is crooked or a mess. Or I don't know which way to go. They have a moral compass. The third thing is they have the humility uh, to learn from life. Proverbs 10.8, the wise in heart accept commands. Ooh, we don't like that. Proverbs 12.1, whoever hates correction is what? Oh, say that really loud. Whoever hates correction is what? Stupid. <laughs> now, that seems politically incorrect, right? Um, but it's in the Bible, so I'm just quoting the Bible, right? <laughs> they, they have the humility to learn from life. So the, a, a wise person makes good decisions. They have a moral compass. They're humble and they're willing to learn. You know what that makes them? You know what makes a wise person? That makes them good at life. Right? Because if you can make a good decision when a decision is called for, when you know which direction to point your life in that's going to lead you to something good, and when you're humble and you're willing to be taught and learn, you don't come across as a know-it-all or think that you know it all or think you've understood everything, you're good at life. Now, that doesn't mean that life is easy. It just means that it makes it easier for you to go through life. And here's what I have found every time. Take it to the bank. Wise people give great advice. So if you're looking for advice, find a wise person. Now, contrast that. In the Proverbs, wisdom is contrasted with, you might expect, foolishness. So the foolish person would be the opposite of all those things. So a foolish person makes bad decisions. Have you ever known somebody who they make one decision and it's kind of a bad decision, and then they follow that up with another bad decision, it's a little bit worse, and then they follow that up with another bad decision, it's even worse than that. And it's like, how does that person just keep making bad decisions. Well, the proverb says that person is a fool. They don't know how to make good decisions. They don't know what's best. And then instead of having a moral compass, they either have no compass, no one should tell me what to do, or they ignore a compass, I'm not listening to them, or they're always changing compasses. Well, I like what they say, and now I like what they say, and now I like what they say. And then, then the opposite would also be that they're not humble enough to get any feedback. Here's what I've found. While wise people give great advice, foolish people give terrible advice. If you want to jack your life up, go find a fool and take their advice. Now, if you go to the beginning of the book of Proverbs, it outlines for you what the book of Proverbs is about. Um, Proverbs is a manual for teaching someone how to become a wise person. And so if you were to look in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, you would hear it tell you things like, if you, if, you'll, if you'll seek wisdom, you'll attain wisdom. You'll begin to understand words of insight. You'll acquire a prudent life. Prudent just is another word for wise. You'll do what's right and just and fair. If you're simple-minded, you'll learn wisdom. And then it has this very fascinating phrase that kind of rubs us the wrong way when we hear it for the first time. It says this, it's repeated several times through Proverbs. It says this, 
the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you want to become a person who is wise, the book of Proverbs says, you need to learn to fear the Lord. Now, let me make sure that we all understand what, uh, what we're talking about here. The word fear there, it does mean actual fear, like, oh my gosh, God could do something to me if God chose to. But it also conveys a sense of awe and reverence. And, and this, is, this is true of us as human beings. We have things that we have awe of and we have reverence for. And the things that we have reverence for, they drive our decisions. They give us a compass. They tell us what it's okay to learn. Now, let me, let me, let me illustrate what I'm trying to say here. If you fear people's opinions, then that is going to drive all of your decision. If the ultimate thing that you're afraid of or that you have reverence for or that you have awe for is the opinions of other people, then you are always going to be driven by, I don't want to upset anybody. That's going to determine all of your decisions. And what's good, your compass will be whatever keeps people happy. I've got to keep everyone happy in my life. I can't have anyone mad at me because that means that I'm a terrible person. And so that is your compass. I don't, man, I can't have everybody unhappy at me. Then I must be doing something wrong. Or then uh, what you will learn is you will learn how to please people. That will be the thing that you're humble about is I want to, you'll get good at manipulating people so that they're pleased with you. Let me give you another example. If, you, if the thing that you fear or that you have awe for or that you reverence more than anything is money, then that will drive all of your decisions. All of your decisions will be economic. How can I make the most money? Where can I, where can I move that I'll make a little more money? Uh, how can I get some more money? I, I need more money. And then what's good will be determined by what gets you the most money or the most income, and the end will justify the means. I read an article this week about another uh, director in Hollywood who directed uh, a movie that made close to a billion dollars, and it came out that uh, he was part of the whole Me Too thing, and there's a whole list of people he, he has abused in the worst possible way. And he's a big-time director, made a lot of money. And, but people were pushing back against censoring him. And you know why they said it? But those movies have made so much money. What does everyone who's saying that, what do they fear the most? What, what, what's, what's their awe and reverence for them? Money. That's, that's what's driving that. And then what you're going to learn is you're going to learn how to make money. Now, you're going to fear, you're going to have awe, you're going to have reverence for something. You're gonna. It's part of the human, ex- you can't escape it. You can't do it. So Proverbs says, if you're gonna have fear and reverence and awe for something, fear the Lord. Because if you fear the Lord, that's the beginning of actually being a wise person. Because then your decisions are based on what pleases God. Your moral compass is decided by God's word. You have humility because you know you're not God and you don't know everything. <laughs> And it's okay for you to learn stuff. And you become good at life as a result. So, how, once we begin on the, the, go on the path uh, to become a wise person, what do we do? Well, um, I want you to grow so that you have the wisdom, and I'm, I'm calling them WMDs. I'll explain what I mean by that in a second. Um, but here's, 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 a, here's a, a way to think about this whole idea of giving good advice. And instead of focusing on how to give good advice... 
focus on becoming the kind of person from whom good advice naturally flows. And if you become wise, guess what? You routinely give people good advice. And if you want to be a fool, listen, all you, have to, all you and I have to do is we just have to do what comes naturally. <laughs> it's so easy to be a fool. <laughs> do whatever comes natural. Whatever you feel like doing, whatever your opinion is, just do it. Have it your way. You're entitled to that opinion and you will be a fool. You will make bad decisions, you will have a terrible compass, you will have no humility, because you'll do what comes naturally. That's the human predicament. If you want to become wise, that will only come from what you do intentionally. You don't accidentally become wise. You will accidentally become a fool. You will not accidentally become wise. And so here's two steps, uh, what that means, and you can fill in these blanks and we'll talk about what this means. Two steps. One, you've got to grow to become wise. I'm going to unpack these for you in a second. And then two, I'll just give it to you. You have to share the tools you learn from your growth, which is those WMDs. So let's talk about both of these for a second. You're going to grow to become wise. That, that's the thing that's required of you that I said, if you're going to make a difference in people's lives and, and you're going to be the kind, of, the kind of person that people come to for advice, then you're going to have to grow. You can't stay the way that you are. You can't have your perspective that you have right now. You have to grow to become wise. And, and this is how Proverbs 4, 7, uh, the beginning of wisdom is this. Just get wisdom, though it cost all you have, get understanding. In other words, it's so important. Whatever else you, this is the subtext of this passage, this verse. Whatever else you get in your life, it doesn't matter what you acquire. If you did not acquire wisdom along the way, you kind of messed up. So although it costs you all you have, get understanding. Well, how do you get understanding? Well, this is the beautiful message of Jesus, is that Jesus is always taking fools into his class on life. <laughs> you and I are on our own naturally fools. I am, you are. And the beautiful message that we talk every week about and that we live our life oriented to is that Jesus teaches us how to leave our foolishness behind and become wise. This is how James says it. James, the brother of Jesus, he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. So you got to learn from Jesus how to become a wise person. Now, um, I, I'm going to give you three of the most powerful words in the English language. These are necessary if you're going to become wise. If you will adopt these words and say them on a regular basis, uh, they will make you able to learn and grow. But they are three words that all men specifically hate. I hate these words. If you're a man, you hate these words too. And the three words are, and I want you to say them out loud with me, are I don't know, okay? All the men together with me, I don't know, okay? Some of you, the, the, if you're a wife or girlfriend, you're like, you just said what? <laughs> you, you don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, in other words, you're, you're saying, I, I have a lot still to learn. My teacher in the fifth grade, my, my favorite teacher of all time, Mrs. Decker, she taught me, she said, if you have a question, um, don't be afraid to raise your hand and ask. Because if you have that question, I guarantee you that somebody else does. I don't know why that's stuck in the fifth grade. It's stuck 
stuck with me in the fifth grade, I have then always been the person who is willing to raise my hand and look stupid and say, I don't understand what you mean. Could you explain that, please? And I'm pretty positive that that is the key, one of the keys to living a successful life is the ability to just say, I don't know and I need to learn, right? Uh, So you have to be willing to learn and get feedback. Now, honestly, this hurts. It is so painful to get feedback because here's what I've found is you have to look at yourself, you have to look at your patterns, and you have to look at your mistakes right in the face. And other people see your failures and your patterns and your mistakes and they're aware of it and they know it and it is so painful for them to know it. But listen to what I have found. I have discovered that you are either going to deal with the pain of feedback or you're going to deal with the pain of your dumb decisions. You get to pick which one. Wisdom then comes from following Jesus. So let me just draw you a picture. This is not complicated. You'll see my massive art skills on display here in just a second. Right here. This is Jesus with long hair. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> let's, let's put you and I over here, right? We're not to the stature of Jesus. And here's someone else that we're trying to help over here. And so we have a connection to Jesus And in this connection to Jesus, in studying his life, in apprenticing ourselves to him and saying, I'm going to learn from you how to live my life, what happens is Jesus gives us wisdom. We become different people. And then we have connections with other people. And in the connection that we have with other people, as we are learning and we are humble and we are willing to admit that there are things that we don't know, we are able to then pass on our wisdom that we have learned from Jesus to other people. Now listen, listen, this, this is going to cost you though. This is how Jesus said it. Mark chapter 1, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets. Now, I'm going to point something out here to you here in just a second. And they followed him. Uh, said, Jesus says it like this in another place. He said, told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. How unpopular a message is that? In America, and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Doesn't that sound just like what the book of Proverbs says? Though it cost you all you have, get understanding. Doesn't that sound the same to you? And, and what I'm, I'm trying to say to you is that you, if you're going to become wise, wisdom comes from who you attach yourself to. So attach yourself to Jesus. Paul says it in the book of Colossians. He says, in Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You want to become wise? Follow somebody wise. And then as you grow in that process, then you're going to share the tools that you learn from your growth, these WMDs. Now, I know we think about that uh, as weapons of mass destruction, or we could think about that, that our words make a difference. (laughs) Uh, But I'm going to give it to you, WMD, as three filters, okay, just a way for you to remember this. Uh, So you can remember what these filters are when you're trying to give good advice to someone. WMD, three different filters. The W is the wisdom filter. It's the wisdom filter. Someone comes to you, what, what do I do? You're growing to become wise. And the wisdom filter is, is questions like, well, am I passing on something to them that's time-tested, or is this just my shallow understanding of the situation? 
Uh, does, this, does this fit their situation? Will it help them? Uh, will this help them take responsibility and move toward wisdom? If you're going to give someone good advice, it, it's not that you want to give them advice so that they'll do what you say. It's so that they themselves will become a person who is wise themselves. That's the goal of all advice. Is that in giving the advice to a coworker or a student is that they would become wise themselves. Now listen, if you're, if you're a parent and you have kids, use this filter. The goal in helping your kids is for them to become wise, not to just do what you say. Even though you really want them to do what you say and if they don't, they're going to die. <laughs> If you're dating someone and you're like, I, I don't know if this is a good person to date. Well, do, do they have a wisdom filter or do they not? If they don't, don't bother. If you're a leader of, if you're a leader of other people, make this what you want for the people that you lead, that you're going to pass on wisdom. Like you want them to become wise. You want them to do better. You want them to grow. So that's the, that's the W. The M is the motive filter. And, and this is an important question to ask yourself. You know, am I interested in helping this person or am I interested in being right? Uh, am I interested in helping this person or am I interested in being admired? Uh, am I interested in helping this person or am I just interested in being heard because I like the sound of my own voice? It's, it's a motive. Why, why, am I, why am I doing this right now? And then this is the third filter, and might be the most important one, is the dignity filter. So the wisdom filter, the motive filter, and the dignity filter. Um, In other words, when I give this piece of advice to this person, am I leaving this person's dignity intact? Do I respect this person's dignity in the way that I give my advice to them? If I just jump in and I say, you need to do da 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 I'm not respecting their dignity. I'm forcing my opinion on them. And sometimes the best advice is simply to listen. Sometimes the best advice is a question. Did you know um, that Jesus asked 183 questions? Um, He was asked 307 questions. Do you know how many questions Jesus answered? I mean, if anybody could give great advice, it's Jesus, right? But he understood the wisdom filter and he understood the motive filter. And do you know how many times Jesus answered one of those 307 questions directly? Three. He knew that very often it's best to answer a question with a question. So here's, here's a question that I have, I have employed. And if you've been around me, you've heard me say some version of this uh, in some way, shape, form. Or, or when, I, when I feel like, okay, I, I feel like I need to say something and I'll say something like this. Um, I'll say, um, can, I, can I give you some feedback? So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to respect that person's dignity. Because maybe they don't want feedback. And I want to leave their dignity intact. And if they don't want feedback, they don't have to take it. Sometimes they go, no. I'm like, okay. I don't have a need to give you my advice, but okay. And then I, it helps the person take responsibility for themselves and not, not impress them with your knowledge. People, people are only going to receive what they're ready for and nothing more. Now let me, um, let me uh, so there's, there's filters. Hopefully that, that's helpful to you. You can think about those this week because I promise you someone's going to come to you this week and they're going to say, mm, I need some advice. And you're going to go, ooh, is this good advice? And there's some filters. Let me, let me just, if I, two minutes, let me just talk turkey, Okay. I got three questions for you um, right now. This first question. If you stay on your current path, 
the decisions you're making, the compass that you have that's guiding your life, your willingness to learn. Are you on the path to becoming wise or are you on the path to becoming a fool? Second question, right now, are you ready to attach yourself to someone wiser than you and follow Jesus? I'm asking you a, a, a question of conversion. Um, the, the Apostle Paul, before he was named the Apostle Paul, was Saul. Saul was Jewish, and he hated the Christians, and he persecuted the Christians, and he traveled around and oversaw them being stoned to death because it was legal to do that. And uh, Saul was traveling one time from one place to another, and he was on horseback. He saw this blinding light. And he heard this voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, who are you, Lord? I said, I'm Jesus, who you're persecuting. And Saul is led into town, can't see. And, and there's this, I don't know if it's metaphorical or real, but then the, the, the passage in Acts says this, is that something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. The point being, he was blind before, and now he saw, he sees. And, and you, you and I have to undergo a conversion from, from non-religion, from, from doing my own thing to Jesus in whom is all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge and, and attach ourselves to Jesus if we're going to learn anything. So you might need that conversion. You might need the conversion because you show up around here a lot from just playing church on Sunday, like it's just a thing that you do, to actually taking Jesus seriously and, and saying, okay, I'm, I'm actually going to be Jesus' apprentice and learn how to do what he does. And, and I'm talking about actually following Jesus. I'm not talking about following Jesus on Instagram and liking all of his stories on Instagram. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about studying his life and applying what he says and growing in your faith this is the narrow path, the specific way that Jesus invites us to. And it leads to life, but only a few people find it, Jesus says. And most people, I, this, this is so, it's so crazy. Most people stick with the pain of their dumb decisions, but not you, not today. This could be the day you go, I'm going to get off the dumb path. I'm going to get off the path of, of heading toward stupidity and foolishness. And the scales could fall from your eyes today. I'm going to pray in just a second, and, and you, can, you can do that if you'd like. And then this is the third question for you. Right now, um, which of those three filters, the wisdom filter, the motive filter, the dignity filter, as you think through your week ahead and the people that you're going to interact with and you work with and go to school with, which one do you most need to apply this week? I said, if you are ready to begin following Jesus, I said, uh, pray, and I want to I'm gonna pray, and I'm just going to give you a prayer that you can pray if you would like to begin to follow Jesus, and um, a few weeks we have Baptism Sunday, and, and we'll baptize you on that day, because that's what all new followers of Jesus do, is they're baptized. And... But you got to be ready for that. You got to be ready to go, I'm, I'm going to leave behind the pain of my dumb decisions, and I'm going to attach myself to Jesus. And I'm going to begin to live a different life because I'm following somebody new. And, and maybe you've been around that you've just heard about all this. And you're like, now what does that all mean? Well, okay, this could be the day you start to discover what that means. So I'm just going to pray a, a really simple prayer. And I'm going to invite you to close your eyes if you would. 
And um, if you are ready to do that, you can just say this prayer in your, your heart and mind, and God's aware of that. And you can just say, Jesus, I'm ready to leave behind being a fool. I'd like to become wise. So thank you that you're willing to accept someone like me. Thank you for what you did on the cross, forgiving my sins. And now I want to attach myself to you and learn from you. So forgive me. Give me a new start. I'm willing to follow you from here on out. So now, God, all of us are, are leaving this place today uh, needing to become more wise. I need to become more wise. Every person in the room needs to become more wise. We want to be people that uh, make a difference. We want to be ministers. And so I know we're going to have an interaction this week. Someone's going to come to us, and they're going to need some counsel. They're going to need some insight. They're going to need some wisdom. And you put us in their path to listen to them, to make them feel welcome, and then out of the connection that we have to you, pass on the wisdom you give in that moment. So thank you for trusting us with the people you love so much. Thank you for allowing us to make a difference in their life. We willingly accept that assignment this week. And all God's people said, amen. I want to invite you to stand with me. We always leave you with a blessing as you go. And uh, you'll see people around you holding out their hands. And if you're sitting on your couch watching on Facebook Live, you can receive this blessing all the way through the internet. <laughs> receive this blessing today. You're sent now to love God, to love the people he loves so much, to serve the world in Jesus' name. Hug somebody, tell them you love them. See ya.